Before we jump into today's episode, I want to tell you about something I created that has the potential to change your business. It's called Pinstarter, and it's my free course on how to use Pinterest to automate and grow your business. I obviously love talking about Pinterest. If you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you know I rant and rave about it. And it's mostly because I know how much it has helped me as an entrepreneur and close to 500 other entrepreneurs that I've had the privilege of coaching and teaching over the last few years. And sure, Pinterest can help you grow your business but it also does a lot for you as a human. It can give you the freedom to go out to dinner with your spouse or partner and not feel guilty for not being on your computer posting in all of the groups. It can give you the freedom to hang out with your kids or your friends whenever you want instead of feeling bad that you're not taking another webinar. It can give you the freedom to take that epic trip you've had on your vision board and actually enjoy it because you know your business is going to continue to grow even while you're away. I mean, I don't know about you, but I did not sign up to be an entrepreneur only to be chained to my computer 24-7. Pinterest allows me and so many others the ability to take one hour of our week and automate our marketing, and I want to teach you how it's done. It's a free four-day course called Pinstarter that will teach you how Pinterest works, how to create a viral pin, and how to create your Pinterest business account and set up your profile. And let's be real, there's so much more (laughs) in the course as well. So this course starts Monday, February 17th, 2020, and it will only be up and available for a limited time. You can find the link to the free Pinstarter course by clicking the link in the description of this episode. I really hope to see you there. If you have any questions, you can DM me on Instagram at livingbreely or email me at info at livingbreely.com. All right, let's get into it. I think it got down to the 30s last night. 30 degrees, which I think is like 7 15 or 17 degrees Celsius. I don't know. I'm not good at converting the numbers (laughs) from Celsius to Fahrenheit and Fahrenheit to Celsius. Um, I'm sitting here with a blanket and like a long sleeve shirt and pants and socks. And I never wear socks unless I'm like, unless I'm wearing shoes that require socks, like boots or like, you know, running shoes or whatever. But like 90% of the time I'm not wearing socks <laughs> ever. Um, I especially don't wear them to bed. I think people who wear socks when they go to bed, I don't trust them. I just think that it's a little psychotic. Unless you're like 85 years old, like my grandmother, and you're just cold all the time, <laughs> and which is her, and so she wears like seven layers of socks. Okay, not seven. I'm being melodramatic. She wears like two pairs of socks, which like, okay, you know, I, I, she gets a pass one because she's my grandma, but she's also like in her eighties. Okay. But if you're a normal aged human, normal aged, what does that even mean? Like, I just think it's weird when people wear socks to bed. I, I like, I also think it's weird when people cut their pizza with a fork and knife. 
hands down, like those are the two people you just don't trust in this world. People who cut their pizza with a fork and knife. And two people who wear socks to bed. Red flags. Just just letting you know. <laughs> Tips and tricks with Bree. <laughs> and thanks for listening to today's episode. I'll catch you guys next week. I'm just kidding. Um, so welcome back to another episode of Let's Get Into It. I am so excited to be recording these two podcasts. I kind of... I'm recording back-to-back podcasts today, and I kind of lost my voice a little bit last week. So I'm actually looking for a vocal coach, not for singing, but just, I guess, for speech. I don't really know what to, what I'm looking for, but someone to help me because I think I am ripping apart my vocal cords <laughs> when I do these podcasts. I think it might be... I don't know if it's the way that I'm sitting. I don't know if it's the way that I'm breathing. I don't know if it's the way that I am speaking, like my my pitch or my tone that I just, after like an hour of talking, my voice is just shot. Like I see, you know, people who are able to do like six podcast interviews in a day. I'm like, I would not have a voice by like the third one. So if you know anyone in Southern California, like, let me know because I really need to figure out my voice situation. So I'm just really grateful that I get to do this, that this is legitimately my job. (laughs) I'm so, so happy. Um, If you guys did not listen to the last episode, um, go and do that now. We talked about what to do when you're feeling stressed out in your business. And I think that's also part of the reason why I kind of lost my voice. I wasn't sick. I just didn't have a voice. But I think when I get stressed out, I like there's a lot of tension and like I strain my voice. Um, and I, I created that podcast and that blog post because I was feeling stressed out. And I was like, okay, what do I do when I'm feeling stressed out? And I went back to those three things and I did them and I felt so much better. Um, But yes, definitely go back and listen to last week's episode. And then I actually released a bonus podcast that Friday before, um, which was a Pinterest Q&A. So I answered some questions that you guys had specifically about Pinterest. Um, I'm going to be opening up my Instagram stories a little bit more with questions and like Q&As because I think it's a really fun thing to do. And I also really like enjoy answering your questions. So if you're not following me on Instagram, go do that now. It's at Living Breely. I'll include the link below. It's in on all of the episodes, my links to everything. Um, and also, if you guys haven't already, please hit the subscribe button on whatever platform you're listening on. And then do me one little tiny favor and just leave a star review or a review in general, like a, you know, like it could be like 100 words, less than that, 20 words. I mean, it could be like, I just, I love you. Like, <laughs> that would be sufficient. Um, it helps the podcast so much. I really do enjoy, like I was saying, creating these podcasts. And when you guys comment, when you guys subscribe, when you like or heart the podcast, 
it helps so much and one me being able to get new and different sponsors um, and ads for the podcast, which then allow me to keep making this free content for you guys. So today I want to talk about the five things to do before pinning on Pinterest. So this kind of took me a while to come up with mainly because it was a lot of trial and error. So I've been on the platform since it started, which was in 2010. And I wasn't using the platform for business because at that time I was still in high school. So like I didn't even know this entire world existed and I was really using it. I would say like how probably 50% of the people on Pinterest use it. They, you know, use it for recipes and outfit ideas and makeup ideas and kind of a place to just be creative. And when I finally started using it for my business, I realized there's like so many different ways to do to use Pinterest for your business just in general. But then there were also things that I had to do before I pinned on Pinterest to make sure that my content was one, going to be something that was actually interesting to people. And two, that I was doing the right things and taking the right steps to make sure my content was actually going to be seen. So I am a big checklist type of person. I like checklists. I like actually being able to see, okay, I do, I love processes and I love seeing like, okay, if I do this, then I do that. And if I do that, then I do this. And I love being able to actually see it outlined. Like I'm a big checklist process type like I like to see it written out in front of me um so I kind of developed this short little checklist that before I did anything any created any type of content that was going to go on Pinterest there were these things that I knew that I needed to do so the the there were five things I kind of made them succinct for the sake of this podcast because I didn't want to be like here's 12 things to do because like that's a lot. Okay. Like that's a lot to do. So (laughs) the first thing that I always do before I think of content that I want to create is I do some research. So if I have somewhat of an idea, I always like to know, is this topic something that people want? Is this a blog post that they're, that I can come up with solutions for a particular problem or answers to a problem that you guys are having. So I really do think we undervalue research. And I don't think research is always, when I say research, I don't mean it in a conventional way. Like it doesn't have to be studies and data collected in like a scientific way, but it can also be done in in many other ways that are a little outside, outside of the box. So like I was talking about in the beginning of this episode, you can pull your audience in your Instagram stories, send an email to your list, um, ask questions when you're networking, ask questions to your current or past clients. But having an idea of what your audience needs help with is always going to keep you winning. Um, I think another big thing when I talk about research, don't get stuck in the research phase where you're just like, oh, this is an idea. This is an idea. Oh, but maybe that's not a great idea. And you're kind of like all over the place or you're taking 90,000 different webinars and, you know, classes and signing up for all these email lists as a quote unquote form of research because it is so easy to get stuck in that phase. 
so just whenever you like I batch out my content so I know what my content's gonna be like probably the month before and I will kind of come up with some loose ideas and then from there do some Google searches and Pinterest searches to see okay what is what has already been done what hasn't been done and kind of find a middle ground in between there but I always stick to like I know that I'm gonna do this no matter what so I don't want to like take a webinar on it or like you know an entire course on it it's just things that I already know that I kind of need some refinement on so think of it like you're the doctor and you're giving your audience a what is like a yearly physical like you're asking them like where does it hurt where do they need more support what can you give them to help them feel better so those are sometimes the questions that I ask myself when I'm trying to come up with content ideas so your job as a business owner as a blogger is to nourish your audience and you have to ask questions and do research to figure out what they need in order to feel nourished and be able to continue to do what they're doing. So the second thing that I do on Pinterest is keyword research. So keyword research should always be done before you start writing your blog post or creating any type of content that you're going to be putting onto Pinterest. And the reason why is because keywords are really freaking important on Pinterest. It is how your content gets found. Remember that Pinterest is a search engine, not a social media platform. So your blog posts or content need to be search, search, I can't say this, searchable, utilizing tools like keywords. So if you need some help learning more about keywords, you can check out the blog post down below. I actually just wrote a blog post called The Ultimate Guide to Finding the Perfect Pinterest Keywords, and you can grab the free PDF to go with it so you can learn where to look for keywords, where to place them, how to use them, and it also includes hashtags as well because hashtags on Pinterest are a thing. So the third thing that I do once I've written the blog post and now I am creating pins and I usually create create between three to five pins per blog post um, in the beginning. So sometimes I will go back and create new pins for older blog posts if I feel that it's warranted, like they're getting a lot of traction or it's something that I really want to promote in my business. But I always start with at least three to five pins per blog post. And I do a double, triple check of my pin. So not just for spelling or grammatical errors, but also you want to make sure that your pin is going to be optimized to gain the most traction on Pinterest. So I recommend, I have like a little short checklist um, within a checklist, it's like Inception, (laughs) Um, that I go through. So like the first is, is the pin a two to three ratio, which is the ratio that Pinterest recommends, that my business brand website is located somewhere on the pin. Um, This prevents other creators from reusing your pin as their own, but it also lets viewers know who you are. So if they continue to see your pin, they're more than likely going to click on it if they're like, oh, this person's like posting content consistently and I keep seeing their pins. They more than likely have something interesting to say. Um, The third thing is a high resolution picture that doesn't look pixelated or blurry. 
Uh, the fourth thing is don't use more than two fonts. Three at the most, like you're really pushing it with the three fonts. Um, use a large and clear font that is easy to read. I always think in this case, go big or go home when it comes to font sizes. Um, and include a CTA, a call to action, or a hook to get viewers to click through and read the blog post or click on your website. So I've written a blog post about this podcast episode. So if you weren't able to catch all of those, I will link the blog post down below for this particular little checklist and you guys can read it, copy it, do whatever you want (laughs) with it. Um, The fourth thing that I do is create a pin description and hashtag. So having a pin description is crucial to getting your content found on Pinterest. So your descriptions don't need to be super lengthy or super catchy. I would recommend one to two sentences uh, between 150 words and a little bit more. Um, Again, there's no like hard and fast rule for this. I've seen it work in so many different ways, but those are just, I don't like to make my my pin description super lengthy. I just always look at the keywords and then kind of formulate sentence from there. Um, you can include three to four hashtags after your description. So your description should include keywords written in a more conversational tone, not just like robot talk, you know, or lists. Um, Your audience may never see the description, but the Pinterest algorithms will. And you want the Pinterest powers at B to grant you more traffic and rank your pins in the search results. So you want to make sure that you're getting a little bit crafty and find waves, find ways to wave. Do you see my brain does that? Like it will skip ahead like three words. Like I already know what I'm going to say, but yeah. Okay. Anyway, Um, you (laughs) want to make sure to get just a little bit crafty and find ways to weave in your keywords into the descriptions. So when it comes to descriptions, I prefer to write one to three varying descriptions per blog post for each piece of content. So I'll attach them to the different pins that I've created and see which keywords and hashtags perform best. So again, with Pinterest, yes, I really do believe in the platform. I love it so much and I've seen so many great success success stories not only with myself but also with my clients and students. But there it is kind of like a giant science experiment experiment. Like you just kind of have to play around and see which keywords, which images, which pins are actually going to capture the audience is attention. So again, be open to trying different variations. If something doesn't work and doesn't get you the results that you want, try something else. So that's kind of why I have like, again, I create three to five different pins and I change the descriptions for each pin and use different keywords because I want to see which ones are actually doing well. And the last thing that I do is I make sure that the blog slash my website is optimized. So this is a big one. And I want to start with this little statistic. So 80% of users on Pinterest are using a mobile device. So what does that mean for you is it means that you want to make sure that your website 
is mobile friendly. So you also want to make sure that when someone gets to your website, you have something to offer them. I don't know about you, but growing up, I'm going to use like this little analogy. So growing up, my mom always taught me that like whenever I come, whenever someone would come over to our house, we would offer them water, tea, coffee, or like some type of beverage or like a snack or something. Um, That was my favorite thing to do was like offer guests snacks when they came over because it was like, I would also get to eat a snack. And we, my mom always used to buy these like peanut butter pretzels from Costco. And so like, I would always get excited when she would have friends over because then I'd be like, I get to eat the peanut butter pretzels. (laughs) Um, But my point of sharing this story with you is that you should begin to think of your website as your home. So when someone comes over to your website, Offer them a beverage or a snack. Do they? Do you have a free mini course, an ebook, a free PDF, a podcast episode that would benefit them in some way? You want to be sharing that with them. So when I say optimized, that is what I mean. And also within the blog post, like if you have a freebie that relates to that blog post that you think would help them, one, you're giving them something that's going to help them. And two you're able to grow your email list when that exchange happens. So I am so happy to be creating content about Pinterest. I think that it's really going to help you guys grow your audience, grow your email list, grow your your brands in general. Um, if this was helpful for you guys in any way, please do me a favor and share it with someone that you love or someone that you feel like could benefit from learning the information that we went over today in this podcast episode. If this was a lot of information or maybe you're one of those people like myself who need to like hear and read something to really retain the information. Um, I did write an entire blog post about this podcast episode. So you can head over to my website, livingbreely.com backslash blog, B-L-O-G, and the latest blog post will pop up. I also include a link down below. And yeah, I hope that you guys enjoyed this episode. If you are not already following me on Instagram, go ahead and do that now. It's at livingbreely. And you can always send me a message. My DMs are always open and I do my best to get back to everyone who messages me. And I think that's about it. I will see you guys next week with a new episode of Let's Get Into It. All right. Be kind, be well, be grateful. Love you. Mean it. Bye.